Welcome to Feminist Question Time, brought to you by Women's Declaration International, which is the leading global organisation defending women's sex-based rights against the threats posed by gender identity ideology. There's more information on the website womensdeclaration.com, where you will find our Declaration on Women's Sex-Based Rights, which has been signed by 34,301 people from 160 countries and is supported by 472 organisations from all over the world. Today, we have three speakers and uh, an interviewer. So we have Amy Mangano from the USA, and the title of her talk is Speaking Out in Athens, Ohio. And she'll be in conversation with Kara Dansky, who is the president of WDI USA and also, also um, the author of um, The Abolition of Sex, a very good recent books. Um, with, then we're going to hear from Eva Engelken from Germany, Trans Innen, Nine Danke, a book she's just published or has been published um, on gender ideology in German. And um, she, Eva's a journalist, lawyer and distant member of the Green Party. And then finally, we'll hear from Lauren Levy, who is WDI's US, about WDI's USA Lesbian Caucus. And as um, Lauren said lesbians are in the news right now so it's really great to be able to hear about the USA uh, Lesbian Caucus. Now what we're going to do is because there's a conference in London and we have got a couple of um, videos from that conference. There we go. Just sending uh, our greetings to everybody at the Women Declaration International. We are here at the Women Liberation Conference. How is it going for you, Sam? Yeah, it's going really great actually. And we've just met today, which is absolutely wonderful. Yes. Um, and I'm Marie Claire. Uh, from the Congo, you know, so uh, uh, we've just attended the school and girl mind and body uh, panel. Yes. Yeah, it was really interesting. The speakers yeah. were the speakers were interesting, and there were very some very interesting comments from the floor. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you had a really good question, actually. Oh yes, I was actually, uh, you know, talking about using um, physiology to address uh, violence against women and and the, the teaching of. Uh, 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 you know, physiology to to enable you know human being to accept the genetic makeup. You know, whether you are born uh, a, as a female or a male, or whether you are born black or, or, or white or, or, or yellow or whatever, you know, how your genetic makeup actually uh, has to be understood to, and, and how genetic has to be understood by society to eliminate uh, 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 race stereotype and gender stereotype and just looking at all of us as human beings, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I was talking about and how we should not just look at gender dysphoria uh, 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 and not looking at race dysphoria because it does exist and these are problems that society needs to address uh, uh, in terms of accepting our genetic makeup. Mm. So that's one of the things that I felt for young girls and for women actually to understand their genetic makeup. And uh, uh, I mean, the, the, the human genome has been deciphered for over 20 years and people need to understand how genetic uh, diverse we are, but also how genetic uh, similarity we have. I'm really pleased now to hand over to two wonderful women, Amy Mangano from the USA. Amy is here with us from Ohio to discuss issues surrounding being a small business owner and an outed turf in a small liberal town. And she's going to be in conversation with Kara Dansky um, uh, to discuss the, the issues in, in um, Athens, Ohio. So over to you two. Let's maybe get started. By Amy, could you tell us a little bit about last spring and how you started to come to understand that there are some problems with so-called gender identity? I came across an article about Leah Thomas on the UPenn swim team, and I thought it was a parody. 
I thought it was an onion article. And as I was reading, I realized that this was really happening. And that's what prompted me to look further into the gender industry and what was happening to children and what was happening to women. And I then decided to, I had no idea the large controversy going on with just saying that people, humans cannot change sex. So I went to one of my employees who was a, um, who is a majoring in feminist studies. And I thought, surely she will understand what's happening and I'll be able to speak with her about this and ask her some questions. <laughs> and that's did not go over well. I, I, explain to her about how human beings can't change sex and therefore they do not have rights to women's sports and women's prisons. And she became visibly enraged um, and kind of started colluding with my other employees about what a horrible person I am. And, uh, and I was, as I was saying this in my own store, uh, customers were milling about and they heard, and I started to get some Google reviews, some really hateful Google reviews saying, saying I'm a horrible person and I'm a turf and this and that. And so I responded to one of the Google reviews with the, what, what I thought was very logical, explaining all of the issues. And that's when um, it really blew up and people kind of called for a boycott of my store. And there was a public outcry, but this public outcry happened not, I did had no knowledge of this public outcry because no one came to me directly to discuss why I was saying these things. They opted to um, conduct their imaginings about who I am and what I stand for on their own without consulting me. They said they were going to have a protest and I decided to close my store because I wasn't sure how violent the protest would get. After all the hundreds of hateful Google reviews, I was wondering if my children were in danger and I was wondering if I was in danger. So I did not want to attend that first protest planned in May. And because I closed down my shop, the protest never happened. And that's what how this began. Okay, so that was May 2022. Correct. Yeah. Okay, tell us a little bit about your store and about the town. And I should just jump in and say that the town where Amy lives, Athens, Ohio, is the town where I grew up. And I spent hours and hours and hours as a teenager shopping in that store. She wasn't the owner at that time, but I know this store very, very well. Right. Athens, in my experience, is very liberal, um, but most of the people who live there are sort of very sensible, unpretentious, mainstream liberals. They're not sort of the, the crazy people who come and protest feminist events. Um, but I think the university does bring some of that culture. And Artifacts itself is a store that Amy's store, it sells t-shirts as you can see behind her, it sells buttons, it sells stickers and other kinds of clothes. And it's just a really wonderful shop. Okay, right. so- oh, I, I cater to like the fun part of Athens. And, and usually I'm pretty, I've been pretty, you know, I'm a host, I'm a host. So I have to be nice and polite and friendly and bubbly and- uh, I guess when I turn that off, people don't like it. Great. Okay. So then, um, so what happened more recently? You 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 sort of took it to another level. Tell us I what did. you did. I did. Well, I had had some posters. I had the declaration, uh, nine articles of the declaration posted on my front door, which garnered some spitting on my front door and some graffiti, which didn't really bother me. You know, I just kept on with it. And so at the after the holidays, because the holidays are very busy, I decided new year, new energy. So I updated my door and I had a bit I put in signs that said humans can't change sex, no men in women's prisons, no men in women's sports. And that was too much. It was too much for the community to handle. 
uh, they decided they are really going to protest this time, big and loud. And I thought to myself, bring it, <laughs> bring it. Great. And I should also just say that when Amy first started getting into this, an old friend of mine who understands where I'm coming from politically, let me know that Amy's store was, uh, that people were calling for a boycott because of things that she had said in defense of women and girls. And at that time I got in touch with Amy and Amy has been very active in WDI USA ever since. And she's an absolutely fabulous graphic artist and we're so happy to have her on our volunteer team. Okay, so what was the reaction in town to your putting up the declaration in your storefront, as well as humans can't change sex. I think you also have signs in your storefront that say no men in women's sports and no men in women's prisons. So what was the reaction to that? Nobody really comes in to tell me directly or emails me directly. I have to hear these things through the grapevine, if ever. Um, I imagine people were outraged the the only thing that they can muster is sometimes I'll get posters on my door where where they'll post posters of tramp of uh men dressed as women and they'll pay. I don't understand. So the reaction was protest. I mean, they were like, okay, we're gonna have a protest. And they created uh, an Instagram account dedicated to boycotting my store. And they were posting on this account all kinds of uh, things that I had posted on Twitter, which I thought was weird because it was almost like a promotional page for my Twitter account. And after they made this Instagram account, I got a bunch of new followers on Twitter. So I was actually really grateful for that. <laughs> and great. then Kara decided she was going to come down and support me for the protest which I was so thankful for because I really don't have any support here. I have no tangible support. Um, and so that was wonderful. I just felt great, you know, very happy to have one other person with me on the inside while they rage on the outside. We live streamed from inside the store. Everyone can find it on the WDI USA Facebook page. Tell us a little bit about your observations of the protest. First, there was five, then it turned to a hundred and it was just, it was pretty tame. They had signs that said things like, um, feminism is for all women, which Kara and I agreed with and they held up a black curtain to try and stop us from videoing them, which I thought was strange as if they're there, why don't they want us to see them? That seems weird to me. And there was an assault outside the shop. Um, they were blaring screaming sounds via speaker against my window into the store. And one of the customers, uh, we opened the store uh, at 11 and people were coming into shop and they were harassing people as they were coming in. And as one of my customers left, um, she and her companion had complained about the horrible noises that they were blaring inside the shop via my front window. And he said, um, he told them to suck his dick and uh, she kicked him in the shin and he filed assault charges. Um, and so, he wasn't really very injured, but they actually chased her down the street and followed her in her car um, after he told her to do that horrible thing for just saying, can you please stop harassing us? And then what, was there something about a courthouse? Oh, and then they went to the courthouse, yeah, to yell some more. Do you have any idea what they were yelling about? No. One of the, I, I just, I think actually it's a personal attack on me. I think basically the whole protest was a personal attack. Uh, they had signs that said, Amy's an idiot. Amy's a mean girl. We don't like you basically is what they're saying. They had no, absolutely no argument or comment about the issues that were being brought up. They had nothing to say except their usual circular 
um, trans women are women BS. All they could do was say how horrible I am for expressing an opinion. And even the next day on my door was a big sign with my name, Amy, and a big like no through it. Like that's something. Uh, One thing about the live stream that I would like to say is I'm new to all of this. This was my first protest. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm not a professional protester. And I realized after watching the live stream that I should have been talking about the issues that were important and why all the protesters were there and why I had all the signs on my door. Instead, we opted to make fun of them, which I think is hilarious and fine because they deserve to be made fun of. But I think if it happens again and I do another live stream, I'm definitely going to be, you know, if getting that attention and all that audience, you know, I should have been hammering home why I'm there, why I'm speaking out. And I will definitely do that next time. That's great. And, and I just want to say we had a great time. We had a blast making fun of them and, and Amy, our, you know, our audience knows the issues, so you're good there. Um, But that's a good lesson learned as well. And so, you know, what would you say to women who are maybe, as you say, not used to protesting, new to all of this, may not, you know, have books published, don't have articles out there, are just like you, small business owners living in, you know, mainstream America, small towns, what can women out there do who are, who are kind of alone and, you know, and individuals? Yeah, I'm alone. And after I realized that nobody was going to have my back on this or even discuss it, I realized I was going to be on my own. And that is just an adjustment I've been having to make. Expect to be, I mean, if you speak out, just you know, expect to have that, expect to be on your own for a little bit. I don't think I'm going to be on my own forever. And that's why I keep going. That's why I keep saying and keep amping it up because I'm like, the more I speak out, the more all these people that are sending me anonymous messages of support won't have to be anonymous anymore. And just because I'm a regular person doesn't mean I can't say something. And, and I'll take you know, I don't mind being hated on. That's another thing. Just expect to be hated on, expect to be called names, expect to be um, slandered, just expect it and, and be ready for it. And then don't care, just keep going and don't care because eventually we will be vindicated. And eventually Even though they're not going to say, Amy, I'm really sorry. I don't care. I don't want an apology. I just am feel happy that, you know, that I don't care what they think about me. And I'm just going to keep talking about what's right. And even though I'm just a regular schmo and sometimes I don't say things the right way, it's not going to stop me because even if I screw up, I'll just do better next time. That's such a great message. You know, it really points to courage calls to courage. And the more of us who speak up, the more permission we give other people who are still scared, the the more permission we give them to speak up as well. So that is a great message, Amy. And just in closing, there's a question in the chat about what women can do to support you and your store. And I I know you've told me before that uh, an online shop is in progress, but that's not available quite yet. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Sure. I want, I'm, I am going to do it. I'm making a lot. I'm taking this downtime because people have stopped shopping a bit. I've had a few shoppers, but sales have gone down. That has been a big, you know, question. How are sales? How's business? And, and my answer to that is not great, but that's not why I'm doing it. And I'm just going to take this downtime to revamp, get stuff online, change the kind of feel of the store. I gave my employees a tiny raise because the two that stuck with me really deserve it for putting up with all this. And one thing I just wanted to say very quickly in closing was on the day of the protest, 
5.30 p.m., very drunk young man comes into the store, clearly, you know, had to build up courage to come in and ask me what was going on. Um, we talked for like an hour. He was like, he was inebriated. So he was funny, but at the same time, you could tell, you know, he's scared. He's, he wants to be able to say things. Um, and he can't. And, um, I think a lot of people just feel, you know, really confused and upset and scared, you know, that they can't say one thing without someone labeling them a bigot or a hateful person or a horrible person or possibly even getting expelled from school. And um, we talked, we laughed, we shared our opinions. And then he, I didn't know that people were drawing chalk drawings, colorful rainbow chalk drawings about what a horrible person I am outside this shop. And we went outside and we took selfies together <laughs> with the chalk drawings. And it just was like, it was just really nice to, you know, have him curiously just be like, what the hell's going on? And then we could, we could just freely talk without him fearing judgment. That's great. Um, I think we're going to have to wrap up. I just want to tell you, you're getting a ton of love in the chat. As soon as you get your online store up, there are going to be TERFs all over the world who are buying your stuff. You are absolutely not alone. This is the sign that Amy put up in her storefront that prompted the protest. And she designed it. And I just want to close out by saying again how wonderful she is. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I feel so grateful to have WDI and Kara to, um, help me, um, you know, have a voice. We're going to hear from Eva Engelken from Germany, and she has just published a book in German on gender identity ideology. Eva Engelken is a journalist, lawyer, and dissident member of the Green Party. So thank you so much for coming on and telling us um, about the book and about what's been happening in Germany and happening to you. So over to you. I'm Eva Engelken. I'm German. I'm mother to three almost grown-up children. I do love language and I develop my thoughts typing them on the keyboard. So if I speak, this sometimes doesn't work out really. So um, Joe said I've written a book. This is true. This, I published it myself and it's called Transinnen, um, No Thank You, Why Women Remain Unique and Will well, well, yeah, um, are unique and will remain being unique. Why this book? Um, I love politics. I always did. And when I was just under, well, approaching 50 and my children didn't need so much attention anymore, I joined a party, which I then believed um, stood up for women, the Green Party. This was a deep misconception. The Green Party effectively is a toxic green squad of ideologues, uh, um, well, ideological people that uh, betray women's right, uh, drive us under the bus, and tramples on democracy. I began to suspect this in 2020. I joined the party in late 2018. And um, this was when J.K. Rowling posted her famous uh, tweet about uh, women not being um, um, menstruating people, and I defended her. And then I was—I found myself being considered a turf and being considered transphobic and everything, which you know. And um, with this event, my journalistic um, well, interest was aroused. And uh, also I felt like that my personal values of speaking up the truth and uh, being open-minded and being clear-minded at the same time um, were questioned. And then I drilled like a worm into the gender identity. And I realized that what Sheila Jeffrey meant when she said, this is a sexual man's rights movement. 
And at the same time, funnily, in the public then, at 2020 now, luckily this has changed, um, in my private environment and my job environment, there was complete ignorance of this thing. Maybe sometimes when people start drilling into it, um, coupled, coupled with the fear of being considered somehow phobic or somehow maybe even racist. So, well, um, a few time passed. Um, I found it necessary to um, write a book, which was an easy, accessible book that described without academic approach how trans really just is, and Amy, she proved this, is, it is, it's just another form of the same old male attempt to make women invisible, to make women shut up. And, um, well, a new form of witch hunt, which we have lived through the centuries. So I described the witch hunt in the centuries in my book, and I, I, I compared it to the nowadays witch hunt. So, um, as I'm not going to read you my whole book, I'll read a little bit of it later. I will um, come to what is at stake in German. So here you find, you see the title of my book. Um, yeah, no, it's the correct translation. Trans innen. No, thank you. This is the gender star which we have in German, which you don't have in England, because um, we have the... Um, the gender, which has a different ending, if it's female or if it's male. So no, thank you why we women are unique and will keep being so. So this is um, something from the chapter four. What are we to fight in Germany? I'll give a brief um, overview about the proposed German legislation, which is uh, far worse than you can actually imagine. Um, the source of this legi legislation now is, um, um, well, it's all, all, all um, it is ongoing. We have some laws that are already in force and some that are plans that are going to be um, laws soon. We have the action plan Queer Life and we have since uh, last year a queer commissioner of the federal government, um, which is a man who says um, no man can recognize from the outside which sex one person has. He is um, not surprisingly a member of the Green Party. It is actually the Green Party, as I uh, mentioned, who is uh, driving this whole um, movement. And um, so what are the plans and what are the projects that are already being, um, yeah, here we find the new pride flag. And um, I'll, briefly outline um, not all four of them that's the self-determination act there's a few laws which i call muzzle laws where because they um they put a in german we call it maulkorb something to mute women so and third we have a new um parentage and family law reform um which is combined with self-determination and um, we have in this action plan too a claim to um, health insurance, health insurance reimbursement uh, for all things um, related to gender reassignment. Um, I'll speak. I'll explain the reform plans to parentage and family law reform. This is. Um, still plans but um well the plans are slowly um um sort of entering uh, german society and german laws um it is not just one single law but it is a sort of um, a whole bunch of laws and and regulations that that will softly um enable this to enter um our our legislation one um thing which i find remarkable remarkable is the multiple parenthood. This means that up to four people can be um, parents. And uh, notably, the mother who is born, given birth to the child, must not be or, or is um, does not have to be a member of this parenthood. Um, and with self-determination law, we can have uh, four parents for mothers who aren't actually mothers, but men 
um, who um, well who claim to be mothers. I said this, we have mums with testicles and penis, which is the self-determination law. Um, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, also, um, part of the plan is uh, legalization of surrogacy and ovum donation. At the moment, it is still forbidden. We have a law that comes from the Nazi time that forbids any kind of manipulation on uh, uh, ovums and uh, fetuses, but um, until now the Vogue uh, community has, has managed to, to enter a lot of changes and um, I must say that when Germans do do changes, uh, they are very, they do it very thoroughly. And if they're walking in the wrong, wrong direction, they will go even further than the rest. We've seen this with, um, well, I'm not going to mention the pandemic, pandemic, but we have seen this there and we have seen it in earlier uh, times that Germans tend to be um, to do it very well organized. And if it is the, the, um, the aim is bad, um, they are still doing it. Um, yeah. Um, we have a new thing also. This is called community of responsibility. This is something that enables um, families with uh, several mothers and several, um, which is actually the Islamic law. The Islamic law um, has a one husband and several wives, and this would uh, enable this into German law. And of course, yeah, we have moms with testicles and penises. Also, of course, we have lesbians with uh, testicles and penises, so why shouldn't we have mothers? Um, we have, I should have explained this earlier, we have the reform plans of self-determination, which is the German Self-Determination Act. We are quite proud as feminists that we have uh, prevented the first uh, attempt to introduce Self-Determination Act in German law in 2021. But now with the new government, um, they're trying it again. And our success is that we have um, been able to postpone the uh, legislation. So it hasn't, it's not um, um, enforced yet. And, and um, it's being, um, it was going to be um, enforced in, in, in force, uh, at the beginning of the year, but now it's, um, it shall be summer and maybe it will not, um, it will, we'll be able to completely um, prevent it from coming. It um, contains, as you all know, um, a redefinition of the concept of sex like gender identity. And um, in Germany, we will have a change of the civil status from the age of 14. And if parents don't, disagree, don't agree, then uh, the family court can overrule their veto. And we have, um, speaking of muscle laws, um, we have a Offenbarungsverbot, a disclosure ban. We must not disclose that a man in a frock or a man in a skirt um, is actually a woman. So we must not name him uh, a man while he wants to be a woman. And if we do so, um, there can an, an infringement uh, be imposed on us up to 2,500 uh, euro. This is um, yeah for misgendering in the trans um, uh, vocabulary. And um, this is even stronger and worse than in Scottish law because every person, not only authorities, uh, must obey to this uh, disclosure ban, but everybody. So in Germany, then everybody, every woman that is in a sauna for women only, um, she must not um, tell a man who is um, thinking he's a woman that she's a um, that he is a, a man. But then she'll um, she's liable to this uh, fine for infringement. Um, continuing with muzzle laws, um, speaking of the fine for infringement for of disclosure ban, um, we have something that is um, slowly being introduced. Um, we have an, an NGO, the Antonio Amadeo Stiftung, which has installed a reporting board. And this reporting board is also um, can, be, can be used for queer hostility. And um, remarkably for hostility and, and, and animosity, hate speech, but uh, below the legal threshold. So even if it doesn't fulfill any legal, um, any laws, um, you can still uh, report people there. And um, we have a new law 
this is coming. Um, maybe it will be still, it will be prevented yet. Um, this is a new whistleblower protection. You all know whistleblower protection. And um, in Germany, this is also nice to have whistleblower protection for people in companies uh, reporting um, uh, crimes and everything. But um, <clears throat> again, this has been extended to, um, um, for instance, teachers, uh, teachers that uh, don't obey to um, the queer or who don't want to teach uh, gender ideology, who maybe don't don't use, want to use um, textbooks or, or school books that um, teach uh, gender ideology. <coughs> Excuse me, I have to um, drink something. Um, with this new law, <coughs> they can uh, be reported to new um, reporting boards installed in uh, public authorities, also for schools. So <coughs> what we are heading to is something, some kind of, um, yeah, something very non-democratic, so to say. Um, can you tell me the time? I haven't, I've got, um, I've lost track, Joe. How much, how much more time do I have? You could, uh, 10 minutes more would be fine. So 10 minutes if, more? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's good. We've got lots, quite a lot of time today. Okay, good. Um, then I'll go one step back. Um, yes, well, um, what we face in German law is that we, um, with quite a few uh, laws um, that that are sort of slowly undermined by gender ideology um, and um, the word sex being replaced by gender identity and um, yes and um, the um, our task is to to um, inform the public on this I okay mm. no sorry so um, what are the goals of these reform plans? Um, it is to make women facing legal, like uh, black facing, women facing. Um, it is a uh, disenfranchisement of women. Women speaking up for their rights are being banned. It is um, undermining the constitutional right to equality. We do have in our German constitution a very strong right of equality. The state has to take measures to enforce the equality between men and women, which makes the um, stance for women very strong. But if self-determination comes to German law and if um, the notion of women is, um, well, um, disembodied, then um, there's no more right to um, equality, as no woman can say, um, um, I'm um, discriminated on my sex. The other goal is to make um, legal the exploitation of the female body, the female reproductive capacity. And um, it is, um, the aim is to make it legal, um, to make legal the witch hunt of women who fight back. If you tell women this, they are very, oh, okay. They're very uh, surprised and, and they don't want to believe it. And, um, but um, the good thing is um, that women in Germany are slowly waking up and also the media is waking up. And now we are sort of in a situation where um, gender critical or, or gender identity ideology ideology critical women and media and um, are fighting and um, so um, yeah what are we to do we have to do the same things we did for centuries we have to enlighten the public um, we have to resist and we have to protect what we love so um, I'm coming back to my book because this is my personal example of the late uh, of the last uh, weeks and months or actually almost years. Um, that is, um, we are trying to inform the public and to, um, yeah, 
to override their strategy, strategy of no debate um, while um, stirring up debate everywhere uh, we can go with a very new, nice, or with a few, several small organization. One of them is the organization of um, called Let Women Speak or Lasst Frauen Sprechen, which organized uh, in the, um, a manifestation demonstration in uh, in Bonn in front of the Green Party uh, gathering and um, so if you see here on the left there's um, someone from the Greens uh, saying okay TERFs are gathering in front of the BDK 22 and are spreading their their shit um, the recommendation is to uh, pass quickly but um, they didn't uh, well, they looked at us and they listened to us, and um, which was good. I um, the book I published, which is well, this book. This is um, a good example for the heated debate, and uh, you will see this has already. I'm I'm proud to have a uh, hundred stars, not not a hundred stars, but a, a hundred um, um, yeah description on my book. And um, here I have an example um, how the debate is uh, polarized. Um, just uh, one person saying um, a really important discussion, very um, a book. This is uh, very informative and uh, for the current situation. And then um, the opposite side says it's a turf uh, panic mache, which is uh, they are doing they are panicking pan panicking these turfs and um, it's a, it's an example of. Uh, Transfeindlichkeit of, of um, transphobia, and um, the thing is, which you know that in Germany we have the public broadcast, which means that every German has to pay eighteen euros per month for the public broadcast, which is the ZDF and the ARD, and um, but uh, the public broadcast has. Um, well, should have, should be uh, neutral and should be, um, but it isn't. It is actually completely pro-trans. And um, we had in October, um, it was a broadcast and uh, you see the title, Woher kommt der Hass? Uh, which means, um, where comes all the hate from? And it's not the hate towards women, but it's the hate towards trans people. And the whole um, report was, uh, very uh, one-sided and um, I um, I mentioned this because um, I was involved, I was um, a guest of this um, um, yeah, of this report and um, I was being interviewed in good faith. I had uh, two um, reporters in my house in my personal uh, four walls and uh, I was giving them um, answers for like um, three hours. They were sitting and pleasure, uh, pleasurably talking with them. And then um, I, um, well, it was broadcasted and um, with this one-sided title and, um, and then the very person that, um, interviewed me the next day on Twitter wrote um, this is I don't know if you can see it uh, Sylvia Duve this is the reporter and um, he described my book as a book um, in which manip manipulative uh, disinformation and conspiracy ideology is disseminated and because of this I'm um, yeah um, so I'm doing degraded as um, anti-Semitic, um, racist, uh, turf, everything. And um, so what are we going to do to, um, okay, here's some more media coverage, um, which is also very pro-trans. Um, this is ZDF, this is the second German television against uh, JK Rowling Hogwarts legacy. Um, it's completely one-sided and, um, ZDF is using the trans vocabulary with transphobic, um, describing her um, acts as being transphobic and um, yeah, and, and um, so um, it is quite a thing to be uh, a woman or to be many women, but um, to have the strong uh, public broadcast against you. And um, 
I'm still taking um, with another brave woman or many, many who helped to do this. Um, we're doing a program complaint. We've put together like over 80 pages to um, describe how um, one-sided and how, um, well, uh, misogynistic um, this whole program was and um, tomorrow I'm speaking again with a lawyer to um, well to see how um, how good uh, odds are to um, to sue them to this um, what you see down is the Rundfunk Berlin Brandenburg this is a broadcast of Berlin Brandenburg and um, <coughs> the, the good thing is the this um, RBB is um, well, already in the defense, as um, the former uh, chef has been uh, dismissed on um, on charges of um, untreue, of um, corruption and and um, mal um, well bad governance. So perhaps we have a little uh, chance, and um, actually we don't have a chance, but we are still trying it. Some days it's hard to fight to fight. And unfortunately, our opponents who want to impose their opinions on us have long since um, occupied their posts in parliament and organizations, their lobbyist positions in institution and supervi su supervisory boards. If you realize the influence of the other side on some days, you just want to cry because it seems if women who insist there are countless roles, but only two biological sexes don't stand a chance. As if the path to a new Gilead that disenfranchises women has been mapped out. As if we were certain that more and more of our daughters are identifying as queer or non-binary and doing things to their body instead of confessing that they love women or are otherwise non-conforming. And yet, there's a reason for hope. Because women and mothers have already survived many thousands of years of patriarchy and regained their freedoms against all narratives, philosophies, and ideologies with which it sought to, justifies, to justify their subjugation. The 21st century poses a new challenge to women's freedom, which is unprecedented with its unprecedented concentration of power and money in the hands of a very few wealthy individuals and global structures, structures that buy entire states and media corporations anyway. They can exert more pressure on women than the Inquisition in the medieval ages ever could on heretics and on women accused of witchcraft. But women can throw a spanner in the works. They can come to terms, as the woman described in this book did. Um, they can stay on good terms with their daughters, like the mothers with daughters who are who tell them, I've described them in here, who, who tell they are trans. They can stay in the conversations. The suffragettes took to the streets, they negotiated, they fought, they backed away and came back, and they kept at it. And in the end, they achieved their goal, each with their unique skills and with their will to work, to work for a better world for women, a world where women are and are remain unique, as unique as you are, make something of it. It's brilliant. We've got Lauren Levy from, she is the Vice President of WDI USA, a member of the WDI USA state legislative team, legislative advocacy team. She's also the coordinator of WDI USA's Lesbian Caucus. And she's going to talk to us today about USA Lesbian Caucus. So thank you so much for coming, Lauren, and over to you. Last summer, it occurred to me that WDI USA needs a lesbian caucus. It wasn't that the US chapter hasn't been fully supportive of lesbian concerns. On the contrary, the lesbians on the board of directors were always consulted and heard whenever a lesbian issue would arise. But it struck me that we could do better than that. First, because we were just one or two or three lesbians who happened to be on the WDI USA board of directors. 
and we were shooting from the hip on an ad hoc uh, basis. So let me see if I can fix that. Rather than presenting a principled and consistent lesbian voice, right? But but WDI USA has no comprehensive agreed upon at that time. It had no comprehensive agreed upon principles that were specifically concerned with lesbian rights. And and second, because most of our work as board members was focused on all women as a class, so. If we were truly to be effective for all women, we needed a team that focused exclusively on lesbians so that the interests of lesbians could be intentionally and systematically centered at some point in every decision. And third, the idea for a lesbian caucus was also prompted by the absence of any other established lesbian rights organization in the US uh, that had not been captured by gender identity ideology and that had a consistent, also had a consistent radical feminist analysis. And also, finally, um, the idea uh, for Lesbian Caucus was, was inspired by the existence of the US chapter's excellent Black Caucus. <clears throat> I, I remembered that during the second wave, it was common practice for subcategories of women to occasionally separate from the larger group in order to focus on the subgroups, unique challenges and unique subculture, as well as to catch a restorative break from women who move through the world differently. Um, there's both comfort and wisdom to be gained by withdrawing to a place of sameness. Separation also helped subgroups of women to define who they were and to create and strengthen special bonds and loyalties. The subgroups could then rejoin the larger group, that is all, all women in this case, um, having been refreshed and with a sharper sense of who they were, so they could speak with greater unity and greater authority about what their needs were. That's how, how it was done at Michigan Women's Music Festival, for instance, um, and other, uh, other music festivals um, during the second wave, but it was generally the norm um, in second wave women's communities. It seemed to me that the time was overdue for this kind of withdrawal from com uh, for community building and reflection, especially because lesbians are currently experiencing a kind of diaspora caused by the destruction of all public lesbian spaces at the hands of gender identity ideology. Hmm. Um, so, the WDI USA board members were unanimously supportive of the idea as I expected. We put out a call to our volunteers for lesbians among them to meet and create a lesbian caucus. And it immediately became clear that we needed to agree on some principles. We were already committed to the Declaration on Women's Sex-Based Rights, of course, but we needed an additional set of principles that would first describe the current cultural and political situation of US lesbians, and second, claim some specific rights for lesbians. Our Lesbian Bill of Rights, which I will also refer to as the LBOR, begins with a formal statement of purpose that reads as follows. The purpose of this document is to describe lesbian reality, lesbian rights, and lesbian political potential consistent with radical feminist principles. Now, I need to tell you, um, or, or maybe I don't need to tell you, that reaching agreement among random lesbians on any subject can be quite challenging. I think one reason for this is that lesbians have not been united politically for a very long time. It's been decades. Um, even lesbians who are political as lesbians don't agree on analytical priorities. There are lesbians who see patriarchy as the main problem. There are other lesbians who see heteronormativity or just heterosexuality as the main problem. And there are still other lesbians who see capitalism as the main problem. Not to mention the lesbians who claim that men can be lesbians or other postmodern lesbians who resist all generalization and all collectivity. The result currently is often that when you get four lesbians together, there will be at least five different opinions on any given issue. While we were helped by the fact that everyone in that initial group of volunteers had signed the declaration, there was still lots of difficult discussion. 
we wanted to create a document that would speak for the largest possible number of lesbians while still presenting a radical feminist political vision. I'm sure you can see that there would be tension between those two goals. But the group of WDI USA volunteers who responded to our call was motivated, dedicated, clever, and lovely to work with despite our differences. The resulting document is imperfect and it is a compromise in many respects, but we were all able to agree to it. And the US chapter's board of directors suggested a few minor edits and then endorsed it with the result that the US chapter can now speak with one voice on a range of lesbian related issues that may arise going forward. Our Lesbian Bill of Rights can be found on the WDI, web, uh, WDI USA website, which is at womensdeclarationusa.com. I read its statement of purpose before its body reads as follows. Whereas lesbians are females, sexually attracted exclusively to other females, consistent with Article I of the Declaration on Women's Sex-Based Rights. Whereas lesbians have historically experienced discrimination based on our female sex and our homosexual orientation, whereas lesbians have historically been either ignored or represented inaccurately and negatively in media, whereas it is especially those lesbians who do not conform to the sex stereotypes enforced on females who have faced the most oppressive discrimination, whereas the discrimination experienced by lesbians has occurred in the areas of education, employment, housing, physical and mental health care, public accommodations, and at the hands of virtually every public and private institution, whereas lesbians have historically been specifically targeted on the basis of sex and sexual orientation for rape and other sexual violence by men and institutions, whereas lesbians have historically been specifically targeted for so-called conversion therapy and other abuse by the institutions of psychotherapy and religion, whereas lesbians as women are affected by the same biological, cultural, and political issues as every other woman, whereas lesbians exist at the intersection of woman and homosexual and experience systemic discrimination on those bases that is synergistic. Whereas the enshrining of so-called gender identity in law has resulted in the erasure of lesbian only spaces and the demonization of lesbians who recognizing that homosexuality is based on sex, refuse dating and sexual relationships with men who say they are lesbians. Whereas compulsory heterosexuality is imposed on all girls and women to some extent. Therefore, be it resolved that the following definitions apply. Woman means adult human female. Girl means minor human female. Lesbian means a human female homosexual or a woman or girl who is exclusively same sex attracted. Gender means sex-based stereotypes whose purpose is to force all women into a subordinate position in relation to all men. Compulsory heterosexuality means the patriarchal pressure, indoctrination and coercion exercised on all women and girls to partner sexually with men and to serve men as sexual and domestic servants. Conversion therapy means attempts by members of the psychotherapy profession or by religious counselors or others to change a lesbian's sexual orientation to include sexual attraction to or sexual acceptance of men. And man means adult human male. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be recognized and referred to as a discrete and independent category that is as lesbians rather than LGBT or LGB or gay as a catch-all. 
resolved that lesbians belong in every women-only space and activity to which every other woman is entitled. Resolved that lesbians have the right to differentiate and separate from gay men who are first and foremost men. Resolved that lesbians have the right to create and maintain lesbian-only spaces. Resolved that as we do not yet and may never fully know the origin of sexual orientation, lesbians have the right to be protected as lesbians, regardless of how their lesbianism arose, whether inborn, socially influenced, or chosen. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be free from conversion therapy. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be free from forced sterilization. Resolved recognizing that if not intervened upon, the majority of trans identifying youth grow up to be lesbian, gay, or bisexual. The right to be free from conversion therapy includes the right to be free of indoctrination into gender identity ideology and its accompanying cosmetic medical procedures designed to disguise one's sex. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be free from corrective rape, so-called, and sexual coercion, including rhetoric intended to coerce or persuade them into engaging in sexual behaviors with men. Resolved that lesbians have the right to have their sexual and romantic boundaries respected. This includes dating apps where lesbians have the right to both avoid men and actively seek women. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be free from discrimination on the basis of their lesbianism in employment, housing, physical and mental health care, and public accommodations. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be free from having their relationships and sexuality eroticized and fetishized in media and pornography. Resolved that lesbians have the right to make private domestic agreements with their sexual partners that are as enforceable as any other contract without having to enter into a state-defined marriage. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be free from discrimination in adopting children. Resolved that lesbians have the right to be free from sex stereotypes in all forms and to, pre to present and express nonconformity to sex-based stereotypes without discrimination or other interference. <clears throat> so that's the LBOR and creating it was the first accomplishment of the WDI USA Lesbian Caucus. The first thing to which we applied the LBOR was a statement on the Respect for Marriage Act, which was signed into law December 13th, 2022 by President Biden. The Respect for Marriage Act mandates that all states and and the federal government must re recognize any marriage between two quote unquote individuals if the marriage was valid in the place where it was entered into. So the act protects same-sex marriages as well as interracial marriages, which was another concern of those who drafted the bill. Although the Lesbian Caucus does not endorse the institution of marriage in any form, we support this legislation because it addresses unjust discrimination. You can read our full statement on the Respect for Marriage Act at womensdeclarationusa.com. So here are some projects we're thinking about going forward and, and we're certainly open to suggestions. Um, uh, first, um, write more statements and promote them uh, on events that are happening or on legislation or anything that comes up that uh, specifically affects lesbians uh, and or organize actions with respect to uh, events in the US that impact lesbians as they arise. So if you become aware of an event or legislation that specifically impacts lesbians, please bring it to our attention. Um, send it, send your suggestion to info at womensdeclarationusa.com and ask to have it passed on to the Lesbian Caucus. Another thing that we're, we're, <clears throat> we're, we're thinking about doing going forward is to solicit and collect stories from US lesbians 
about how gender identity ideology has impacted them personally, and then analyze any patterns or trends that may emerge from that data. And finally, we, we hope to encourage other WDI chapters across the world to form lesbian caucuses of their own and write LBORs of your own or adopt ours so that WDI can be home to an international lesbian community capable of organizing global lesbian-centered actions. Wouldn't that be incredible? See, this would also serve to horrify our enemies as the global lesbian conspiracy of their nightmares. Thank you very much.